how do I learn how to be great in the world and, and be great in, in my life and live a great life and do it as the best version of myself? People start asking me, like, what have you figured out that we haven't figured out? And and this is when I realized that I had something here. Um, I was happier than I'd ever been. I was, I was doing really well in business. My relationships were fantastic. Um, life was really, really moving in an excellent direction. And I realized that I uh, had something here that maybe I should start sharing with people. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on all around us and explore the disruptive convergence of technology, business, and people. Here are your hosts, Ira Wolf and Jason Cochran. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization, a show from the People Forward Network. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. If you think this is just another podcast, think again. We are the heart and soul of Crucial Conversations on helping you reimagine your tomorrow and exploring the convergence of business, people, and technology. And on this episode today, you're going to hear from mental fitness expert, Corey Chadwick. If you're wondering what mental fitness is, you can think of it as a different take on mental health. It's not therapy. It's proactive wellness to prevent some forms of mental illness from even occurring in the first place. So it's not all too different from the reasons why many of us go to the gym or focus on our physical fitness. And Ira, I've got to tell you, as a shrink, I'm always excited to learn about new cutting edge interventions in the mental wellness space, especially ones that are focused on prevention. And let's face it, reactionary interventions alone have been failing us in the United States when it comes to mental health. Listen to some of these findings from the 2022 State of Mental Health in America report that just came out. 50 million American adults have experienced a mental illness. More than half of those people, even though they have the mental illness, they don't receive any treatment. Nearly 5% of American adults are reporting having serious thoughts of suicide. 15% of youth experienced a depressive episode in the last year. And also rates of substance abuse are increasing for adults and youth year to year. So to put this in context, approximately 83 million Americans have had COVID since 2020. If there were hospital beds for mental illness, hospitals would be as filled up for mental illness as they have been for COVID. So much like we need transformational disruption in healthcare, education, and in energy sectors, we are way overdue for a serious overhaul on mental health and how we approach it in this country. And I think Corey is onto something here at his business, the mental gym, that could be just what the doctor ordered. First of all, Jason, I love the concept of a mental gym, so I can't wait to talk to Corey. Uh, and this will be no surprise to you and the listeners. There's a gazillion ideas crossing my, my head at, the, at this point about this. Um, but let's think about this for a minute. Co companies are really desperate to try to figure out how to attract and retain workers. I mean, the number, we're, we're literally, I mean, there are some industries and some businesses that are at zero unemployment. I mean, they're underwater. There's just cybersecurity is one of them. There's 600,000 open jobs just in cybersecurity. But going back to talking about stress, you know, the mental illness and some of the stats you talked about, uh, stress and burnouts at an all-time high. 79% of, of workers said that they are experiencing some type of stress at work. Uh, some of them, uh, 60 some percent said it's extreme. 50% are, are believe they've had burnout over the last year. But let's go back to this idea of, of a mental gym. Companies to attract and retain people, they're offering gym memberships, employee assistance programs as benefits to engage people. And I'm, I'm a bit skeptical they're, they're going to work. Again, I mean, they've been around for EAP has been around for years. Uh, it's underutilized. Asking for help still has a stigma to it. Uh, and how many people already have access to gyms or companies pay for mem memberships or some incentives or have equipment in their homes, especially over COVID? And now they don't, you, you know, you get out of the habit. You, you don't use it. So most of us 
are really struggling with trying to balance that. You got four young kids, you know, balancing work and business and and four young boys and and other people, single mothers. Uh, it's, it's really, really a challenge. And you work from home. Think about when you don't work from home and, and some of those challenges that are going on. But think about this from, from a mental gym standpoint. Let's say you gave, a lot of companies are giving employees a mental health day. Once a quarter, maybe even once a month. It, if they, it's like offering a gym day every 30 or 90 days. It's like, which is not healthy. I mean, anybody will tell you, you don't, don't go to the gym once every 90 days and and do something because the likelihood is that you're going to either lift too much or you're going to hurt yourself if you're out of shape you can even have a heart attack uh i mean it's just not good to do that but when it comes to mental illness it's like oh we're going to give you one day off we're going to give you a half day off every month or every quarter and and that's supposed to, and what do people do they run around and do all the errands that they normally wouldn't have you know time to do so the mental gym is just an amazing visual. And I, and you and I can probably talk about this even without Corey, but we want to get Corey on here. So before I bring Corey on, we got a couple big, big geek skeezers and Googleization announcements. One is for everybody listening, and this goes to even back shows, we can now offer SHRM PDC credits, professional development credits. It's really simple too. You just listen, just like hopefully you're doing already. And then there's a form that we need just to verify that a couple quick questions or something you learned really short, won't take you much time, especially if you listen, it won't take you much time to fill it out. And then you send it back, we'll send you the code and you'll be able to get uh, anywhere between a half and a full credit, depending on the episode. In addition to Corey's interview, we have an outstanding podcast dropping tomorrow, uh, at which is Thursday, May 19th, depending on when. If you're listening live, it's tomorrow. If you're not listening live, then it's whenever you want. But we had the privilege of interviewing Mark Efron, whose name will likely perk up a couple people uh, that are that are here. Uh, he's one of the most respective thought leaders in the world when it comes to forward thinking, talent strategy, and creating people organizations. And uh, he'll his podcast drops live tomorrow morning. So first thing, wherever you are, uh, tune in on, on whatever podcast you're there. Uh, and, and please, if you like what we're doing, uh, leave a review uh, and, and spread the word. And last but not least, uh, AQ Plus Mindset, which is going to tie in beautifully uh, with Corey's conversation today about growth mindset. It's a 30-day coaching program uh, put together an introductory package. I'm not going to go through all the details here. I want to get to Corey, uh, but you can easily go to aqplusmindset.com aqplusmindset.com and all the information's up there and essentially i put a package together in addition to the program you'll get an aqai assessment access to our new resilience mindset pro or resilience uh, coaching program basically it's a five-in-one deal to to get started so really excited about that but without further ado let's welcome corey chadwick to the show there we go. It worked just like like a charm. <laughs> How's it going, gentlemen? Good. Thanks for being on with us today, Corey. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me here. It's great. Absolutely. And Corey, why don't we start here? I mean, I know when you and I met a few months back, you shared your personal story with me, and it's absolutely touching. And it has shaped who you not only who you are today, but the work you're doing at the Mental Gym. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about your story so we can help our listeners get to understand who Corey is and your why in the world. Yeah, sure, Jason. Um, I, for me, this started back, I feel like in high school, this feeling like you've got potential and you don't know what to do with it and you don't know what direction to point it in and you don't know what questions to ask or who to ask them to. And, you know, I felt like I had something to offer the world, but um, school doesn't necessarily show you how to get there. I feel like school shows you how to kind of get by and, and be okay in life, but not be great. In life and I, I wanted to learn how to be great but where do you learn how to do that and I didn't know and that was always a very frustrating thing for me mental well-being and mental health came on my radar quite young my mom suffered from mental illness and as things got worse and worse especially at a time when nobody talked about mental illness there was a, a real stigma about it and also her being a mom wants to protect us from it you know make make it sound like everything's okay but it, it wasn't uh, and she struggled quite a bit and um, and eventually led to her taking her own life. And it was a brutal time. Um, 
it, it was it was heartbreaking it was scary um you know i'm i'm wondering i'm worried that this could be genetic and is this coming for me too and i realized i had two choices here one i could just kind of cross my fingers and hope everything just worked out fine on its own and um by this point i'd been through enough ups and downs in life uh, when I was 16, I contracted this freak rare brain virus that took doctors seven months just to diagnose. It was a scary time. It was a whole lot of not knowing if you're going to live or die. And you kind of grow up really fast and, and learn that life's not all sunshine and roses all the time. And um, so th this with my mom, too, it, it was very clear to me that that life's got a lot of ups and downs. And some of those downs can be really down. And again, do I want to just cross my fingers and hope everything works out or didn't really seem like the best option? Or do I want to be proactive about it? And so I decided to be proactive. I, I started just a little bit at a time, one small adjustment at a time, just rewiring how I thought and how I made my decisions and how I behaved. And over time, what really started out as a way that I thought just to kind of survive um, became so much more than that. In fact, it started becoming the answer to that question that I had or kind of throughout so much of my life, like, how do I learn how to be great? in the world and, and be great in, in my life and live a great life and do it as the best version of myself. People start asking me like, what have you figured out that we haven't figured out? And, and this is when I realized that I had something here. Um, I was happier than I'd ever been. I was, I was doing really well in business. My relationships were fantastic. Um, life was really, really moving in an excellent direction. And I realized that I uh, had something here that maybe I should start sharing with people. Um, it was really when I became a dad, uh, when my first son was born. And I think any parent can kind of relate to this. A lot changes, right? And and uh, I felt this this kind of sense of of almost like a responsibility to to try to make the world a better place for my kids to grow up in. And I thought, well, what can I do? And well, I had something here that I thought could do a lot of good. And so I started sharing it with people. And um, as as time went on, the more people I was able to share this with, and the more impact it was having, the more. I was just kind of fascinated by this idea, like how, what's the best way to share this with people and how do we keep working on ourselves and keep growing and keep being better versions of ourselves and take care of our minds at the same time. Um, and then one day it was just right in the middle of a CrossFit class and the light bulb went off. You know, I love the group class model. I love this idea of showing up for each other and working out together and pushing yourselves to be better in a supportive environment, but it's also a lot of fun. Um, and I just asked myself, well, you know, we've got these gyms for our bodies why don't we have a gym for our mind? And that's what got the, got the mental gym started. That's incredible. And your story of what led up to that is so powerful because I imagine we have a lot of people who, who might be struggling on a certain level, but you talk about how sometimes it's, it's someone who might feel like a seven, but they want to get to a 10. And so it's not always necessarily that someone's down in the pit of despair. It might just be they're doing good, they're doing okay, but how do you get to that aspirational level? Can you give us a little more insight into that's where the, the idea for the mental gym came from? Can you put a little bit of meat on the bones in terms of what it actually is? The, the gym or this this feeling of being feeling like you're stuck at a seven instead of living your 10? Yeah, sorry. Both of them. Let's start with the mental gym first, though, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, that is a really intriguing concept to almost have like a CrossFit gym for my brain. And then after that, talking, you know, a little bit more of how it helps take people from feeling like a seven up to a 10. Yeah, I guess a, a little more, uh, more thinking, a little less sweating than CrossFit would be. That's right. Um, but the idea is very similarly for one hour, once a week, we show up in a group class and we work out together. We work out our minds and we work on ourselves. So it's this really great combination of mental fitness and personal and professional development. Every week, we're kind of working on a new concept. But the, the classes all flow together in a really nice way. There's a real flow to what we do. And every week, the idea is we're not going to tell you who to be or how to think or what to do. We're just going to present choices. And you've got to choose what makes the most sense for you. And if something makes sense for you, you just make a little tweak in how you think about it and how you approach it and how you make decisions about it. One week at a time, it doesn't feel like you're making these big changes in your life. And this is one of the reasons why it's so effective. But as those weeks compound, add up and add up and add up all these tweaks all these adjustments add up you start to see real impactful changes in your life and that's what's really exciting i love it when a gym member says you know 
I'm looking back over the last year, week to week, I really didn't notice much changing. But when I look back over the last year, like here are all the things that are different in my life. You know, I'm crushing it in my career. My, my marriage is the best it's ever been. I'm showing up as a better parent. I've lost a ton of weight. Like I'm, I'm just in the best shape of my life. Stress levels are way down. I'm happier than I've ever been. And all of these things work together. And this is why I think this is so great. I heard you guys in your intro talking about all of these uh, Band-Aid solutions, maybe that, 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 you know, we're very used to Band-Aid solutions when it comes to health, you know, be it physical, mental. Um, we know that they, Band-Aid solutions don't work or they might work just for a minute or two, but they don't last. And companies having such a need for recruitment and retention, um, you know, what are they doing to not just attract the best people, but also retain their best people? Well, if you can help your people become who they want to be, and you can help them show up in life the way they want to show up. I believe that's that's a great way to do it, but not as a band-aid, as just a consistent practice. So like you guys mentioned, you don't go to the gym once every 30 days or once every 90 days. If you want results, you do it consistently. So for one hour once a week, work out your mind, work on yourself, your life's going to be different. Hey, Corey, there's obviously when somebody's really stressed out and you know that they're in a position, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, it could be clinically related or it can just be work overload or as in your case uh you know family you know certainly a, a tragedy in your family sets people back and people always tend to feel that it's it's only me sure you know, you know why is it just me i got this black cloud and I, I i did go on on your website and you have the free demo and signed up and you know you can watch the interaction and I'm, I'm thinking about people that are hesitant to talk about this. They're, one of the reasons one of the reasons they may be in that position, they, they hesitate to talk about it. Sure. How do you how, how, what's that journey look like? How can you get people? What's it like if I sign up and I go, I think I need help, but I don't want to I don't know these people. I don't want to share it. I know it's a safe space. And yeah, I, I've never met these people before. I should be able to just dump on it. But I still um, am uncomfortable. How, what what's that what feel like? Because I'm sure there's listeners that hopefully there's listeners out there that we can help, but maybe hesitant to to jump into something like this to talk about with complete strangers. Yeah, I mean, great questions. Uh, a few things I'd like to say about that. One, we we also work with companies and organizations, and the concern there is: Do I want to talk about this stuff with people that I know versus people that I don't? Um, for people that you don't know, there tends to be this kind of anonymity to it, even though you get to know each other well, because you're like, you're working out together every week, you get to, to kind of go through it together and, and be with uh, be with each other on that journey. Um, but, you know, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a mental health expert, I'm not a psychologist. And so our approach to mental well being is, is very proactive. We don't talk a lot about um, we don't dig into some of the stuff that you might be thinking about when you think of kind of traditional therapy, we don't dig into what are these real stresses in your life and and what are you going through and are you kind of down? We're very real, we're very honest with everything, but a lot of what we're doing is moving forward, building the mindset, building the tools, building the habits to bridge that gap between you know living a six or a seven and living our 10. When we do that, the way we do it, this kind of curriculum and methodology that we have, we are working on our mental well-being, we're really elevating our mental well-being. Again, when you mentioned stress and for things like stress and anxiety, we see huge changes in stress and anxiety. And I think one of the reasons is we don't really tackle it head on. We're kind of working around it in different ways, the, the building up kind of the support of the operating system that, that results in the level of stress or anxiety that you have. And so um, by doing it that way, there's really no feeling of like, oh man, do I wanna share this with other people? We're probably working on stuff that you're not even thinking are related to your stress and anxiety levels, but they're having a, a huge impact on them. So it, it makes it a really kind of accessible, simple, kind of easy way to just show up and say, I'm just here to work on myself and be better. Um, it really helps that, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, seven and living your seven and living your 10. So if you think about either mental health or just your life on a scale from one to 10, we don't work with people really who are like struggling two, three, four. We're for people who are like five, six, seven, eight, who want to move up to, you know, nine, 10 and so you're surrounding yourself by like-minded people who are probably doing pretty well in their life. They're highly functional. They're, they're getting by, they're doing fine, but they don't want that. They want more than that. They want to be great and they want to live their 10. There's a, a tremendous feeling of, uh, of support and like-mindedness in, in working out with people who are there for the, for very similar, if not the same reasons that you are. 
and Corey, we don't want you to give away your secret sauce necessarily on the show, but can you give us, you just describe a little bit what maybe the first week or two when people join the mental gym, can you describe to us what that's like? What are, are people working on when they join? Yeah. So let's not think of this as like a course with a start and end date where everybody starts at the same point. More like when I joined CrossFit, I just joined CrossFit. This was the workout and I just joined the workout. And so we do it the same way. When you join uh, the gym for the very first time, assuming you're joining as an individual and not with your, your team or your organization, um, if you're joining as an individual, you just kind of jump right in where we are. There's a bit of a learning curve. There's a that first class is kind of like, hey, what is this mental gym thing? I've never experienced something like this before. It's new, but people tend to grasp onto it pretty quickly. And then maybe another class or two of just kind of fitting into where we are so that you're ready to move forward. But it tends to be a pretty quick learning curve. Um, we do, you know, we feel like you get more out of it when we kind of throw you in the deep end, if you will. Not too deep. And we're there to all be with each other and support you and, and guide you. But jump in give it a real crack and and uh, doesn't take long before you find your groove and, and you end up doing great. And with that, Corey, is there like, a, de depending on where someone's coming in, can you describe to us like what a typical session might look like in terms of like the length or maybe a type of exercise um, or collaborative group activity that you might be doing that day? Sure. So um, every class kind of follows the same format. We It's about an hour, sometimes an hour and 10 minutes, give or take. Um, we start off every class with something we call wins. So a win is anything you would call a win, a sign of progress, a sign of growth, an accomplishment, achievement, something that you're proud of. And we do that because like I said, we meet every week. And so if you just wait for these like big monumental things to happen in your life, and they do happen, let's say a, a job promotion or you get married, like those things stand out. That's what people think of when they think of wins. But really what we want to celebrate and we want to acknowledge here is those teeny tiny wins those little changes, those little adjustments that we make week to week, because we know that they add up and add up and add up and add up. Sometimes we get to hear a small win like, hey, you know, my morning routine, I made a shift in my morning routine and I'm really rocking it now, or I made this shift to my nighttime routine and I'm sleeping way better, things like that. And sometimes it's something like, yeah, I got a, a big promotion at work or, um, you know, my, my marriage is just kind of at a different level or I've lost a bunch of weight, whatever it is. So this is how we start off every week, uh, every class. It's a great way to, to start and, and hear how your kind of fellow members are are progressing in their lives um then we get into our workout of the day so again workout's going to be kind of a different topic each time but the whole idea is it's very much discussion based it's not like a lecture or anything like that we have a curriculum here's what we're working on this week we're going to stretch you to think we're going to ask you questions we're going to challenge you to think and think differently and explore new perspectives and as you do that you're really asking yourself the question like how does this fit for me how can this integrate into my life how can this help me live my 10 versus kind of living a six or a seven. We kind of go through this workout together. Um, and then towards the end of the workout, we get into something we call takeaways and gratitude, which is we share, every, you get to hear everybody's kind of big key takeaway from the day, which is really, really impactful hearing these different perspectives. We do this gratitude practice, it's so good for your mind, it's so good for, for your well-being, just to hear what we're grateful for. We also do a little something called self-work, which is like a little bit of homework that you'll do on your own. It's not a ton, but spend a little bit of time on that take what we work on in class or in the session and put it into practice in your real life and then next week you're going to come back we're going to talk about that self-work as part of our workout and we're just going to keep going from there so that's a pretty kind of standard um what a class looks like we do it all live over zoom so people can join from anywhere in the world and um no travel time which is really nice and no covid shutdowns jason you, you I, I know your mind was probably thinking the same thing is when uh, Corey was talking about changing, uh, looking toward the positive, not necessarily talking about what were the stressors. I talk about be water. You have different containers and we're living in a different environment right now. And water can flow into a, a cup. It can flow into a bottle. It can flow into a shot glass. It can flow into martini glass. It can flow into a river. It can crash down in, in, a, in a waterfall. Uh, but it takes the shape of the container and we need to be we need to be like water. But we also sometimes need to choose the different container or the chainers that the container is being chosen for us. So we're at a point now where what I really like about what you were saying is is that rather than saying, well, I'm not good enough, I don't have this ability, or why does, oh, woe is me, why does this keep happening to me, is let's look outward, 
let's look at the container and then how do we grow into that? How do we how do we be water and and move into that? And a, and a foundation of that is really the, the the fixed and growth mindset. So again, it may not be it may not even be people that are the woe is me and feel that everything happens to them, but they may like the confidence. They just may be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm too old. I look at the group and everybody is too old or too young or they're different or they look successful. Uh, how do you get people to be more comfortable, more confident that they can actually make change? Because it never really feels like you're making a big change. So if you were to say to somebody, I think one of the concerns that people have, they're like, okay, so if you're going to help me live my 10, you're going to tell me to quit my job and move to some deserted island and, and leave my life. And it's like, no, no, like not at all. Again, small tweaks, small adjustments. Do some people end up making big changes in their life? For sure they do, but that's when it's it's the right fit for them. So the the idea here is if, if you just have like an open mind and a, and a good attitude, there's no pressure to make change. There's no right way to do it. There's no should. Like we're very big on the idea that there's no right or wrong way to do it. You just do what, what's best for you. So there's no like, there's no pressure to make a change in your life. There's no pressure to do anything. It's more like if something makes sense to you, you just end up doing it that way because it just, it makes more sense to do it that way. So I'll give you an example. Jason, you asked me earlier and sorry, I didn't, uh, I didn't answer this. Like an example of something that we might work on. So we know that, that stress and especially anxiety comes so much from not being present right? We're worrying so much about the, the the past. We're stressing out about the future and we're not being present. I think research shows that like most of us, if not all of us spend like only half our lives being present and the other half worrying about the past and the present, like 50% of our time, not enough time. So we can wor we can deal with the stress, we can deal with the anxiety, or we can just work on being present. And one of my favorite tools for doing that is this very, very simple question. Uh, we're actually working on this a lot in the, in the mental gym right now, asking yourself this very simple question, what would future me do? So future me is this like this ideal version of myself, this, this version of me and for anybody 10 years in the future. What are their attributes? What are their characteristics? What makes them tick? How do they think? How do they make their decisions? And when you have any decision to make now as present day, you simply ask yourself that question, what would future me do? It's really incredible because future you always knows the answer, almost always knows the answer. But just simply by asking yourself that question and getting into the habit of asking yourself that question, you're forced to be present. You're not worried about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're forced to be present. You're spending more time being present. So it's great for your mental well-being. It's great for your stress and anxiety levels. You also have a better, better decision to make than maybe you did before, a better answer to your question. And all you have to do is say, well, future me would do it that way. I'm going to do it that way. An example might be future me is like a super honest person. So there was a time in my life I always thought I was an honest person, but future me was like immaculately honest, honest about everything. And the way I became future me was in any situation I was in, whether it was, didn't matter if it was uncomfortable, didn't matter if it wasn't easy. It was just, what would future me do? Well, future me would tell the truth. So I'm just going to tell the truth. And you just do it. You act on it. Again, you stay present. So we're working on your well-being, but we're also working on helping you become who you want to be. Think at a higher level, perform at a higher level, be a higher level version of yourself and and uh and all that works together really nicely so again what what's the big change you have to make you're just making small decisions a little bit here a little bit there there's no pressure there's no holy crap i got to change my life it's just what would future me do so there's just like one small example of what we do and how we do it i love it corey and it makes me think of in in psychology we talk about metacognition which is where we we need to spend time thinking about are thinking and what you just described is a perfect example of that. Do you at the mental gym, do you have a recipe or certain ingredients that you have found are the key to helping people become more present to do metacognition, to reach their full potential? Is there a recipe that you've discovered that's really important to get people there? Corey, I'm going to ask you to, to think on that or for one minute is we're going to take a quick break. We're at the bottom of the hour and we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to keep everybody in suspense of what that recipe is. This is what you've been waiting for. Uh, you are listening to Geek Skeezers Googleization. Uh, we've got Corey Chadwick today on the show talking about mental, the mental gym, mental fitness. Uh, fascinating. Love, love this. I got a billion questions going through my head, uh, but we're going to come back and we're going to hear about the recipe for mental fitness going forward. We're going to take a one minute break. 
We're going to hear about adaptability, uh, which fits into this perfectly. And we will be right back. For most of us, change is freaking terrifying. And unfortunately, there's no app to adapt. That might change in the not-so-distant future. But for now, we're on our own. That means we can either accept our default future or reimagine our tomorrow. For those of you who choose default, good luck. Just remember, there's no pause button for change. You can't turn back the clock. And there's no get-out-of-jail-free card in this age of perpetual uncertainty. Like it or not, change will happen all around us. And that change is not becoming just more disruptive and frequent, but volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, or VUCA. Fortunately, you can make change work for you and turn it into your personal and competitive advantage. Reimagine your future to one in which you're living with purpose, you're happy, and you're growing, thriving, and flourishing. If you're ready to rewrite your next life chapter and regain control of your destiny, in this never normal world, your journey starts here. Contact the leader in adaptability and making change work for you, your team, and your organization. Ira S. Wolf, adaptability.expert. We are back. It's Geek Skeezers Googleization. Uh, what you were going to hear was about the our new AQ Plus program, the AQAI as well. Uh, there is a, you can go to aqplusmindset.com and that will take you to the AQ Plus Mindset program. Learn all about that. We're having an introductory offer. It's simply there. If you're not sure you want to commit to that, you can also click on the, uh, there's an option to just take a demo uh, and you'll get a sampling of what that looks like for uh, four days out of the 30. So please take a chance up there. And for anybody who is a SHRM member and looking to get some additional credits, uh, please remember that you can uh, get anywhere between a half to a full credit, depending on the episode, by simply filling out a form uh, that you can get to through the QR code, or you can go to uh, uh, rebrand.ly forward slash GGG Sherm. You can now get credits uh, for just listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. And now we are back uh, with Corey Chadwick from the Metal Gym. And Jason had a great question for Corey right before we left, and we were going to talk about the recipe. I love this question about a recipe because I think a lot of us are kind of following a recipe in life. We just don't realize that we are. And so we're prioritizing certain things. You know, we want to uh, make more money, have a, a flashier job title, bigger house, nicer car. And we think, okay, that's success and that's going to make me happy. But I think, I think a lot of us know that that's not the recipe for living your 10. It could be the recipe for living your seven. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's kind of like an incomplete recipe. It's not everything there is to it. So I like to think of this recipe as kind of like a, a math equation, A plus B plus C. And that A plus B plus C is, well, before we can have A plus B plus C, we need to know what we're trying to figure out here. Like, what do we really want? What's the most important thing in life? I, I invite everybody to ask yourself that question. Like, what do I really want out of life? What's the most important thing in life? From, from years and years of doing this work and, and getting to speak with so many amazing people and from my own journey, I really believe that answer is happiness and fulfillment. Like we all want to live happy, fulfilled lives. And so what's going to get us there? What's going to help us get what we want? What's that recipe? We call it the three W's. So the first W is who, second W is why, and the third is with. So who is all about who can you be? It's you realizing your personal potential. You do that through consistent personal growth. It's not some like you know, crazy stretch type of thing. It's just like, how do we keep improving every single day? How do we become that version of ourselves that deep down we always believed we could be, but just didn't know how to get there. So that's a big part of what we do in the gym is that who piece. Why is what you're doing it for. It's that that contribution that you get to make. It's, it's living a purposeful life. It's knowing that the people around you are better, your company, your family, your community are better because you were here, even if just a teeny tiny little bit. So what's that, that motivator for you or that why? And with is who you're doing it with. It's those meaningful relationships in your life, the closest relationships in your life, uh, with your partner, with your kids, with your best friends, with your family, whoever it is. How can you make those relationships the absolute best they can be? And the idea here is we are striving to live our tens in our who, our why, and our with. And when you do that, you're going to live your ten. 
I'm just talking personally for me. I think one of the pitfalls or traps that I fall into whenever we talk about making a change is I don't take enough time at a metacognitive level to think through the mindset pieces and ask those important questions you just raised there, mm-hmm. who, why, and with. Instead, it's, hey, I need to lose weight. I'm just going to go join the gym. Or right. I jump immediately into the activities I think I'm supposed to do without taking that critical first step you just laid out for us, which is you've got to get the mindset right first before you start pulling on any other behavioral levers. So thank you for reinforcing that um, with our listeners also, because I think it's a step we often overlook. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. We overlook it. Like if you think about people with New Year's resolutions, right? Everyone loves New Year's resolutions. Well, probably less so now because we got so frustrated that they don't stick. So what you might say like, okay, I'm going to join a gym and I'm going to work out three, four, five times a week. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. You you mean it like it's coming from the right place, right? You're, you're, you've got these big goals for yourself, these big ambitions. You want them to click. But what happens? Three weeks, maybe a month go by. You stop going to the gym. You stop taking care of yourself. You stop ex- exercising. Why? Well, you know that exercise is important. You know you want it to be a part of your life. So that's not the problem. You've got the gym. You've got the equipment you know how to do it. So that's not the problem. So clearly something's missing. And yet rather than recognizing what's missing there, which is one mindset, absolutely. And two, I believe it's just a glue that holds everything together, that brings everything together. So all these things in life that we know we should be doing or want to be doing for ourselves, we need a glue that actually brings them together so that we do these things, that we actually like perform these habits and make them routine and make them a part of our lives, not as hard work, but just as like, this is my normal. This is who I am whatever's normal for us is going to be easier than what's novel or or new. Right. Um, And so, yeah, if we're not addressing that piece, if we're not addressing the glue and we're not addressing the mindset, which is a part of that glue, well, that's why we keep doing things like, okay, I'm going to read all these books this year. Don't do it. I'm going to exercise. Don't do it. I'm going to start a meditation routine. Don't do it. Or we do it for very short bursts, but then it doesn't stick. So, you know, like why, I guess is the point. Like why, why are we doing it that way when, when we could be doing it um, in a way that really helps us be who we want to be and show up uh, in this world the way we want to show up. And this, this may be kind of the next level. I think this is what you're referring to is that there's probably a lot of people thinking that, Hey, I'm a six or a seven. Hey, that means um, there's a lot of people who are fours and fives or threes and twos. So I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. So if I, if I'm feeling that way, that I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm, I would give myself a six or seven in today's world. That's pretty good. Sure. Why should I want to be a 10? What, what, what's in it? What's in it for me to be able to do that? Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, I, I often say that people I have the, the privilege of working with, be it individuals, organizations, they don't need me. You know, they'll be, they'd be fine without me. You'll be fine without me. Like you said, you're doing fine. Life's good. You're doing fine. Compared to other people, I'm doing really well. we got a lot to be grateful for. And yet you still have this feeling in you that, you know, you're living a six or a seven and you're not living your 10. It's a very personal decision. Some people say, nope, seven's good. I don't, I don't need any more out of life than this. And then there are those of us who say like, why live a seven when I can live my 10? So why would you do it? Or it's because it's it's something that, that you know that you're going to go through your whole life stuck at a seven. That's not going to sit too well with you when you know you've got a 10 in you. You want to be your happiest. You want to be your most fulfilled. You want to be the best partner and parent you can be. You want to show up at work, engage and perform at the highest level that you can. You want your stress and anxiety levels to be weighed down. You want to be confident. You want to be a better leader. You want to make a contribution to the world. You want to know that your life mattered. I mean, if you don't want that, cool. It's not my place to tell you that you should. But if you do want that, and I certainly relate to that because I remember hitting that wall of living my seven when I was checking all the boxes in life. I had a a good business. I was making good money. I was driving a nice car. I had a beautiful girlfriend I thought I was going to marry. I even thought like, what's wrong with me for wanting more out of life than this? I almost felt guilty about it. But I also knew myself and I knew that I was never going to be like, I wasn't going to be okay something was missing for me, something big and important was missing for me. And and if I didn't scratch that itch, um, it might eat at me for the rest of my life. So I had to do something about that. 
you've said so much there, and unfortunately, we're, we're coming toward the end uh, of our time here. Uh, one question I always like to ask, and then we'll, we'll let Jason dive into our lightning round to get to know even a little bit more about Corey. Uh, is there anything that we should have asked that we didn't? That you guys are all of us. Yeah, alive. no, that, that, well, anybody, either, either way. I mean, I think I, I mentioned it already. I think the question that we all need to ask ourselves in life is like, what do we actually want out of life? Like if we can identify one thing for me, living your 10 became the quest for the happiest, most fulfilled life I could possibly live and not a seven or an eight, but my 10. And then I had to figure out how to do that and what that meant. Um, I think we should all ask ourselves that question and just be honest with ourselves. It's not always easy being honest with yourself and looking yourself in the mirror, but we got to do it. And you're going to be so much better off for just doing that. So um, and, and as organizations, same thing. Like, what do we want as an organization? Who do we want to be? Do we want to be okay? Do we want to be fine? Or do we want to be great? And if we want to be great, how can we be great? So we should all be asking ourselves that question. Um, what did you guys not ask? I don't know. You asked a lot of great questions. I was just going to say, I think one thing kind of just going back to your earlier question about um, uh, mental well-being is every one of us has a level of mental health, just like we all have a level of physical health, right? And some people are like way out of shape and some people are like, super jacked and ripped and, and, you know, doing triathlons and everything like that and everywhere in between. So what, but for some reason, when we think of like mental health and mental well-being, we only think of mental illness. We think of people who are like really depressed or really burnt out. And that is some people. And I, I think it's great that there are more and more resources becoming available for people who, who would fit that description or in that situation. But I also believe that most of us are just kind of in that five, six, seven range, you know, like we're doing fine. We're doing well. Life's good. We don't, we could probably slide either way on that scale. And so why not make sure that you slide as high on that scale as you possibly can? Um, it's not about needing help. It's about, I want to be great, right? I want my life to be great. I want to be the best version of myself. And so I, I encourage everyone to, uh, to think about that and, and to ask yourself if that's important to you, what can you do? And, and, um, why, why do you need to do something about it as opposed to not? That's a perfect one. And I'm glad we asked you that question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Of course, right. And that leads us into our last segment with you, Corey. We're going to ask a few lightning round questions to help our listeners get to know Corey Chadwick on a personal level a little bit more. So here we go. First question is, if you won the lottery today, what would you do? Oh, I, I think I would invest it entirely in, in the mental gym um it expand our reach get get it to uh give access to our work to to just more and more and more people at, at a larger scale um i truly believe everybody should be spending one hour once a week in the mental gym the world would be a much better place for it so if i won the lottery uh, i would i would be fast forwarding that mission and, and growing faster cool for sure. how about what did you think you'd be uh, as a kid when you grew up what i think i would be so <laughs> Like I, I grew up in a, a middle-class neighborhood where my definition of success was what it was. I just assumed I was going to be a successful business person, whatever that meant. I didn't know. It wasn't about the impact that I had. It wasn't about what specifically I was doing as long as I was good at it and I was making a lot of money. So that's, that's what I thought. Um, and that's what drove me for a long time. Um, I had big dreams and big ambitions for financially speaking and, uh, so I couldn't tell you exactly what I wanted to be, although there was a point in my life my dad was a lawyer, so I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. and um, But yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't have like a very specific idea as much as this was the path. How do I make more money? A similar theme, thinking back to high school, maybe, what do you think your classmates would be surprised to see about you now? I think maybe it's that I didn't take that kind of same path that so many of us took being doctors, lawyers, accountants type thing. And I'm not saying that it would be shocking to people that didn't, but I just had to start asking different questions. I think they might be surprised that, that, I, that I was able to find some answers that maybe we've all been looking for um, and get to share those with people and that I've kind of committed my life to it now and my work to it. Um, I think people are kind of surprised that, that I'm, not me specifically, that I'm as happy as I am, but I'm a really happy person. <laughs> um, and I think even to the point where some people are like, is that real? And it's like, yeah, it's real. Um, I think maybe that's a little bit surprising to some people, but you know, I love like when I reconnect with, with people from high school and I get to hear where they're at 
and uh, and share this with them. It's it's exciting. Well, and it's proof that the mental gym works. You eat your own dog food and it's doing the trick for you. I think we all need to be eating our own dog food. Like stop teaching stuff that you're not living, right? Live it first, then share it. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Uh, best advice that you ever got, but you ignored. <laughs> it's probably the best advice that we all got and ignored, which is really just be yourself. And when I say be yourself, it's, it's, like, listen to your gut, listen to this, this voice that you have in you that's telling you which direction you want to go. And you know that because when you're not going in the right direction, you can feel like friction, you can feel like this, this, this pull that like something's just not right, something's not sitting right. Um, listen to your gut, trust your gut, be yourself. If you believe that there's a version of yourself that you're, you've got to become, then just go be that version, like become that version and go. Um, it took me a long time for that to really sink in, for, to really start trusting myself and, and, and trusting that process. But, uh, if we could do that younger, yeah, that would be pretty, that would be something pretty special. I love it. And last one, uh, what is something that you've had to learn that maybe you weren't very good at? There's a list. <laughs> um, let me pick one. It's just kind of popping into my mind right now. My wife uh, would would talk to me about her day and talk to me about you know what was going on. My wife works in a very high stress environment. She works in a, an intensive care unit uh, in, in a hospital, and um, you know she's got two young kids and she's also doing her masters. Like she's got a lot going on right now. Um, and this was years and years ago in our relationship. But she was talking to me, and, and I was trying to solve problems like we do so much. You know, we want to we hear a problem, we want to solve a problem. And she said to me, you know, I just I don't always need you to solve the problem. Sometimes I just need you to listen and I just want you to listen. And if I want you to solve the problem, I'll let you know. And so really just learning how to listen and, and be curious and genuinely care about listening as opposed to just like waiting for my turn to, to speak and offer a solution um, has been a phenomenally valuable thing for me to learn and practice and continue practicing. It's made me a better partner for sure. It's made me a better parent. It's made me uh, way better in my work. Um, it's made me a better better person. Corey, I think that's the man thing. <laughs> yeah, I know we have that in common. We, fix it. We, I think we can blame it on genetics, right? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we need to change yeah. our behavior a little bit. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we, we say that every week, but it keeps getting better and better, Jason. And uh, this was fun. Uh, and it, it really, the narrative, just that mental uh, narrative of the mental gym, uh, has uh, has really been helpful. Uh, you can see up on up on the screen, and for those who are just listening, uh, mentalgymlife.com, mentalgymlife.com. Uh, is there any? I know that's one way they can get in touch with you, Corey. Any other ways? LinkedIn or yeah, LinkedIn. I, I'm active on LinkedIn. I love connecting with new people. Um, that's that's probably the best place to to find me and connect with me. And uh, hopefully, we can have you back uh, on the show sometime. Thanks. I would love that, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Corey. What an amazing episode, Ira. And so much of what we talked about ties into the work that you're doing with adaptability and in particular mindset today. What are some of the big takeaways that you're taking away from the conversation? I, I think the the one, and, and again, I've heard this before. We've talked about the good our mutual friend Alcini talking about being the the best the best person of you on the best day. You know, what does that look like? And that was that was the one. I mean, it's so simple. It's like, what would the future you do? You know, it's like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. I wish this problem would go away. And if we looked at the future you, how would you handle it? You know, if you had an, if you had that chance, because we do have the chance to do that. Um, we've, we've all been there and I've, I've certainly put up with things that I shouldn't have for too long. And when you do it, it's like, oh, it's a, it's a relief. It's hard to get through it. And it's, it's a relief. Uh, and then I love the narrative. I just love the narrative surrounding the mental gym, uh, especially when we think about, you know, getting to the gym and all the handicaps and the analogy with CrossFit, you know, sitting there in CrossFit, it's like, we can do it in CrossFit. Why can't you do it? You know, get our heads straight. What about you? I think the three W's that he shared, you know, for me, I'm the type of person, sometimes I start putting my foot forward with a behavior plan way too soon without taking that first critical step of thinking about why, why am I about to engage in this? Why is this important? 
And it sounds like a simple step, but we are creatures that want the things that we do to be meaningful. We tend to not engage in activities that aren't beneficial in some way. And so if we aren't taking that first step he shared of connecting what we're about to do with who, why, and with, then many times we're set up to fail out of the gate with whatever change we're trying to implement in our life. Um, so that was a big takeaway for me and a good reminder about the importance of metacognition, thinking about our thinking. And we are uh, just about, well, actually, we're probably past out of time, but this was too good of a conversation to give up. Uh, just a reminder to everybody that uh, if you're listening or watching, uh, that you can get credits for the podcast for listening. You can get Sherm credits. The correct uh, address, if you don't get the QR code, if you're not watching, is rebrand.ly, rebrand.ly forward slash GGG Sherm credit, GGG Sherm credit, or just reach out to Jason or myself and we'll give you the information how to get that. But uh, you can earn uh, anywhere between a half to a full credit uh, of uh, PDCs, professional development credits. And uh, oh, one last thing, I forgot to do this. Been doing a segments, uh, five, short five minute segments, Future Shock 2.0. John Aiden Byrne was our guest. Uh, he's an award-winning journalist and podcaster. He has a podcast called Dig Life Deep. And I'm doing a segment every week. I think it's launch. I think he, he launches it on Friday of each week. Uh, and we're into the third segment, but we're doing short snippets of future shock, future of work uh, 2.0 and uh, talking about the labor force and and uh, what's ahead workforce trends. And I also have those on the YouTube channel, uh, which you can get to uh, youtube.com forward slash Ira Wolf, which is where the Geek Skeezers and Googleization podcasts are hosted as well. Another great show, Ira. Lots of great offers here and, uh, you know, just excited to, to be with you doing all these exciting things. And I'm Jason Cochran signing off for today. Can't believe we're to the end already, but we want to thank Googleization Nation for tuning in today. If you have not subscribed on your favorite platform, please do so and drop us a review. And I'm Ira Wolf. And if you're not part of Googleization Nation yet, we hope you will be. Go to GoogleizationNation.com. And until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans.